Yo, what's going on, people? Welcome back to another episode of Chatting the Most. It is I, the beloved man like T. I'm here with Sam today. Sam, we saying? Hello, hello, good people. He really said beloved, but hey, is it really true? Uh, anyways, <laughs> I was pressing. Sam, you know you love me, fam. All right, all right, anyway, all right. Our special guest today is Cameron, the Cameron. Cameron, Hello. what are you saying? I'm okay, I'm good. Welcome, Cameron. Welcome to an episode of Chatting the Most. I'm excited. Lovely we stuff. We're going to be chatting bears today. <laughs> Particularly Literally. about the governments. The governments. The governments. Politics the and all the stuff that a lot of people actually may not have a clue about that Cameron will give us some insight about. Word. Well, hoping to. Hoping, hoping to. to. <laughs> I'm not an expert, but I know enough to talk about it. That's absolutely fine. At least you'll give us something and we can learn something today. Correct. So first question I'm going to ask you really is, could you like give us like an update as how far the year has been in the political world? Um. Well, <laughs> um. pretty pretty all over the place so i think we're all aware the government had a smashing election win mm-hmm. the biggest majority in any party since thatcherism so Thatcher, 40 yeah. years um, so which is who? Thatcher, thatcherism uh, maggie go like maggie <laughs> max <laughs> which is which is huge 40 years mm. I think years. I think her biggest win was her second term so 86 85 I That's think insane. which I mean I think it just shows that the political atmosphere within the UK we were sick of um not really moving anywhere in three years since the um referendum yeah which yeah. we've not heard that much about Brexit over the last three months, but there's that wholesale process. But the one solitary thing that many Brexiteers, which I'm not claiming to be a Brexiteer or anything like that, because it was completely against how I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that will praise them is the, um, the um, can't think of the word now, the declaration of the withdrawal bill was signed um, by government sent through the lords and finally signed by the queen so on the 31st of january we officially left the eu mm-hmm. but we're still paying in until the withdrawal period is over which is the 31st the end of december if right. i'm 100 percent so they could have at least left our flag for a little bit. Like, wow. Just a little <laughs> bit, just while we're still paying in. <laughs> like, the way they took that flag away within, what, the hour or something? It's terrible. It's terrible. Considering we're still funding them. Yeah. And we are... Um, we're funding them, but we don't have any say. Okay, I see. In EU regulations for the next year, which technically goes against what Brexiteers want. is. hmm yeah, but I mean that's the price you have to pay if it's a year of lesser power to then gain exactly total amount of power once the whole withdrawal stage is through when we can do free trade agreements with the whole world. So um, at the moment, at the moment, are we at the moment if the EU decided to make whatever regulations, would we have to follow it because we're still paying in? 
Um, nah, because we've left it. Now it's a tricky one. Um, that is a tricky one because technically we're still paying in, but yeah, we have our own mandate to make our own decisions in a certain atmosphere, but we don't have full control yet mm. of so things like the um, Scotland fishing territory. Yeah. The EU can make decisions about that and still use that territory, and we can't make key decisions on that. Mm. And that, funnily enough, fish is going to become one of the biggest um, playing factors in the negotiations, which is so weird. And it's such a fish. tiny part of the economy. Why did you say it like that, T? <laughs> because I don't. What? Fish? <laughs> What's well, we need fish to eat, no? <laughs> Wait, so this fishing place in Scotland? Yeah, the fishing territories that we share with um, the Northern European states. So you mean in in a sense that like once we've left, if we wanted to, we could say, yeah, this is just ours? Yes. If we left on WTO trading terms, so we've got no agreement with the EU, no trade deal, we can just completely cut off access to the EU to the um, fishing territory and probably the oil territory as well, which is around the same area. Mm. Well, but I think we're basically depleted of our oils in the Northern Sea anyway. So, But mm. that dates back 40 years again. So that it's a whole complicated mess that is now even being made so much more complicated due to coronavirus oh gosh and all of the well david um frost who's our chief negotiator and the eu's chief negotiate negotiator um michelle barnier both had the virus Mm. which took them out for a month of negotiations (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt this guy's a clown (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, so that that that's basically where we are, and I just okay. think this virus has crept up on Whitehall and the establishment. Yeah, definitely. And very much um, bombarded ministers, and not not that I personally hear from backdoor, but going through like sources like um, lead MSN journalists who get to hear from ministers behind closed doors whether Mm. you believe it Mm. they wasn't expecting this to ramp up as quickly as it did they were expecting for the peak to hit in a month's time not now Mm. so so is this actually the peak now yeah uh matt hancock um on wednesday has said that we have now seen the peak Ooh. And they were very, they were very hesitant to say to that say throughout that. the whole of last Definitely. week. And then it happened today. Well, not today, well, Wednesday it yeah. happened. So Wednesday they confirmed that we've hit the peak. Yes. Okay. So we should be free in like three weeks. Sick. I don't think it's as um, simple as <laughs> we'll be fine in three weeks true, because true. there's so many different strands of this that could affect the whole country for the next 10 years Mm -hmm. so if we uh, lock down extendedly that's going to screw over the economy economy 
for yeah. the next 10 years and we'll likely see 10 years of austerity again 100 so much bad social um social um i can't think of the word issues that come from austerity mm. i heard um, um i heard was it Heathrow, Heathrow Airport said um, they won't recover from this for like four years yeah. but I don't understand because it's only been two like two months so how, why how is it hit that bad like imagine two months of your business gone yeah but it's yeah but when when everything is back up and running People are going to be. It's, it's still, it's still like a snowball effect money. of it to keep. Like it's still a yep. snowball effect of it, um, because your business is not going to go from how it was before. It's going to have to be a case of building up because they're not going to. Op- they're not going to open up all the like the airlines the first day back. Yeah, it's going to be yeah, a case of you know, let's see how we're going to do with like, four, then build it up to seven, then build it up to ten, then the maximum, and then obviously yeah. at that point they're going to you know open more. Um, like options or flight options to people because it's not the maximum amount that you'll get straight away and of course i understand why it might take them a while for them to rebuild and of course it's heathrow they want to do everything as quickly as possible but quickly as possible doesn't mean that's plausible yeah Yeah, that that's that's pretty much the best explanation explanation to it the issue with airlines and particularly um, airports is they run on such tight um, yeah. profit margins yeah. so there's likely only two three five percent profit margin in there which yeah. is terrible for any business True. and they obviously have cash reserve but i think the one that the one like type of transport that we know that have released figures um it's not airline it's um tfl, TFL. Yeah. So TFL came out, well, Sadiq Khan, Mayor of London yesterday, came out and said that TFL are burning through cash quicker than they have done for the last 20 years. Oh, yeah. They say they've got enough cash to pay people for another month. A month? Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. And until, and after that, they're going to have completely run out of cash. Huh? Oh. That's like a 500 million (laughs) pound expenditure that TFL is. And then all of a sudden they're like, uh, so yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, if you think um, they made the decision whether you agree with it or not to cut down um, the amount of tubes that were running in service, the amount of trains that were running in service and buses, mm. which takes away that, what, there's something like 2 million people that use TFL on yeah. a daily basis. Yeah. So they're losing out on hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of revenue yeah, a, day, a day which is what pays their employees uh, they get the government well, grant for infrastructure i feel like what one thing for me anyway isn't it for me this whole thing has shown me that they can just pull money out of their ass anyways so i think i think they'll be all right oh yeah but but this pulling to use your rhetoric pulling money out the ass um has so many financial physical implications for mm. the next generation so love it or hate it austerity did amazing things for the country's economy the economy was in the best shape it had been in 25 years just two months ago we had two percent worth of gdp in debt mm. which is 
not heard of. And yes, that goes all the way back to austerity and George Osborne's physical plans. Yeah. But yeah. now, what I think we're using now, 17 to 25% of like GD, GDV in um, debt, which is like 400 billion. Yeah worth of debt and these all come from government bonds which eventually have to be repaid back which will be via who? tax or who, austerity who, who, they pay, who, they pay, who do they have to pay it back to you? the people that take out these bonds so other countries and um, big businesses mm. wealthy people um, all over and uh. um, and it just holds like government bonds is the best thing to do. It's if you're thinking on an investment side of things, it's better to take out government bonds on richer countries because you know you'll get that back in tenfold with interest. Yeah. And that's yeah, how we sure. ended up in the 2000, gonna say from 2011 onwards, where the debt was at the worst point we've ever seen it. Mm. Yeah. Because not to mention the financial crash of 2008, mm-hmm. but that overspending yeah. to um, take a positive spin on the financial crash within this country that failed. Yeah. But now we're doing the exact same thing for this crisis. For this crisis, not, yeah. Not 10 years later. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit mad. <sighs> the UK is pants, but- man. <laughs> Yeah, fact. <laughs> I've said this. We're set eight. We actually set eight compared to other countries. We're set eight. I'm going to We're actually a joke. <laughs> Topical. I mean, I'm pretty. We're we're very much deal. As much as what what I've just got, what everyone thinks is Twitter isn't the country. So huh? you see, you see a lot of hate on Twitter for how we're handling this. Yeah. Wait, no. No, no. Wait, okay. okay. What do you think about what do you think about this clapping thing, where they where they literally lined up a whole bunch of people on on the bridge in, in Central to be clapping hands for the NHS? What do you think of that? Um, I think people are stupid if you're going to big tourist hotspots to clap. Mm. I think the idea of having a moment's silence and then clapping for curers and NHS is an amazing, like, an amazing, like, form of, yeah, an amazing gesture, which we haven't seen in this country. But people going to London Bridge, which gets crowded so quickly, like, that, it's, it's just, it doesn't make sense. None of them are wearing masks. None of Mm -hmm. them are social distancing. Mm -hmm. Even the police, bro. The police are there chilling as well. If it was just the police and maybe ambulances that were there, that would be okay. But it's because there's members of the general population as well that are there filling up it, which is going to increase the spread. And as we know, London's been the most affected region of the country because we live in such a densely populated populated area of the country. And it's not as if like St. Thomas and Guy's Hospital is not down the road. (laughs) literally it's like a two minute walk away from where they were all banged up like it it, that that shocked me and it's every week people are doing it you wake up to see videos of it and it's like bands why this is just going to prolong it Mm. 
Oh, people just stay at home. I actually want to go outside at some point in my life. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> but that does take it on to a another good good point, and it was something you mentioned, and it's the idea of um, police state, if you want to get on to that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you've got anything that you want to say on police state, and then I can try and put that into a okay. political so perspective. My understanding of a police state is very minimal. So when I think of a police state, what I'm thinking Are you is saying police literally... day, as in D-A-Y? State. Oh, police day. State. All right, cool. Yeah, we can have a police day as well, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> police state. When I think of a police state, I'm thinking like just f- police, like like police everywhere, making sure everything is being followed. So like this whole walk into the parks thing, most people are walking around and doing whatever, and it's not really any anyone there to, to monitor it unless you're like in central London. Um yeah. in in the in the in the big parks. So I feel like a, so would a police state literally be that, but like ten times and everywhere and everywhere, like police everywhere, making sure everything's being followed. Yeah. Essentially. So there's a um a book um from the eighteen or nineteen hundreds called Big Brother or something to do with Big Brother. Um so essentially it's like you're on Big Brother, but it's everyday life. Yeah. So London is technically the um the the world's capital for scrutiny with cameras and CCTV mm. monitoring mm. anyway, even more than um some regions of China. We've yeah. got more CCTVs and everything, but we also have a lot more civil liberties. So where this idea of a police state came about is um, there was a Northumberland um, police um, commissioner who said they will be fining people for going on the moors if they don't live anywhere near the moors. Yeah. Um, they'll be looking through people's shopping bags, um, huh? but just th- yeah, they'd be looking through people's shopping bags to see if it's essential stuff. Um, if you're at a train station and you're, um, let's say going down to London and it's not for work reasons, you'll be being sent back to your house with a fine. There was yeah. one woman that got fined six hundred pounds. Six hundred. Um, but the idea is is we in this country and it was definitely the pro-right-wing alt-right group within this country that were trying to push that perspective of the new legislations brought in um, to make it seem like it was that yes there's some commissioners that are a little bit let's use the word trigger heavy um with this policies but we do policing by consent and the idea is to explain before you get very um before you use the law essentially it doesn't it doesn't always work out like that obviously i mean i think our policing gets it a lot more better than the state's policing yeah um with the idea of they're a bit 
worse uh, with with how they don't do policing by consent. But if you take China, for example, which is a very um, authoritarian capitalist mm. country where they believe in capitalist values but also want to control everyone's movements. What, what, for people that don't know, what are capitalist values? Um, so free markets, um, having very tight regulations on the free markets, mm. but just making sure that everyone has their free will to make their own financial decisions and decisions in life and to be able to start their own business yeah and not and have competition and not have one company producing one product that you'll see a whole line of the same drink in a shop yeah and no other competitors okay, so it but... would just be like coke and no pepsi yeah, you just have coke. So they believe so that, that you you can have the freedom to do all of that, like having all the different stuff and investing in whatever you want. But police wise, is is yeah strict. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think the reason why, whether you believe whether China's facts on the amount of deaths and cases through this virus is correct. I don't. Mm. Um, you think they're the lying? Why... I think there's a certain amount of political covering up within how bad it was. Um, but they have seen a massive decrease in cases. That that has happened. Mm. We can't... That Wuhan is... Yeah, China... There. Well, China... China... People are allowed so, out now, isn't it? In China. Yeah. 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 And that is strictly because they had that very strongly enforced lockdown. Yeah. As soon as there was what two hundred yeah. deaths, I think. So they completely locked. So down police take for us, anyways. If you're trying to, if you're trying to go back to your regular life, a police state would probably be a good idea, no? Definitely. But 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 um, how? What do you? How do you feel about police state, though, Sam? Would you be happy with it? Would you? Would you be cool with that? The thing is, you... though, of course, I wouldn't be happy with it. I want to roam free without anyone telling me what I should and mm. shouldn't do. But if you think about what's at stake, like really, there's lives that yeah. are at stake, and this virus is not one like you can just you know quickly have some lemon honey <laughs> and you know ginger tea to get yeah. rid of it. No. Like we've seen it, we've seen its effects and we've seen what it has done to humans and how many humans, you know, till this day, we've seen new deaths happening and the amount of deaths that are happening. It's not, it's yeah. not normal. It's not. But of course, um, people that don't have the symptoms, um, they obviously don't know the impact because they don't have the symptoms. So they're just like, I want this to hurry yeah. up. So the police, so yep. the police state, I believe what it's doing, it's helping put some sort of management in terms of us having the opportunity to be able to get back to our normal yeah. lives. Because China, I feel like China have a very regimented way of, um, way of yeah, not even just living, but a very regimented way of getting things yeah. done. They're very efficient. Yeah. And obviously the UK were quite relaxed in terms of things because we kind of react 
when something is happening rather than how do we deal with it if this was supposed to happen i don't think i don't think the uk had a plan imagine if a pandemic came and hit us guys what are we doing (laughs) they didn't have a clue yeah so at this point in time i feel i feel like having a police state would make sense because there's people out there that are having mobile barbecues in hyde park with their cows yeah like what are you doing what is that well yeah i mean i was on my daily walk which i'm so sad um but the only form of exercise you can get recently um i go to this um dam that's near my house and there was a group of maybe 10 um just above middle-aged men just congregating and they they shouldn't be doing that and they clearly are not from the same place um and because it's not the same home but because we're not in like Hyde Park or any of the big parks or regions in London there's not that much policing up here to be able to shove them Mm. off and move them along and that's why I think as I said it will be great but it's probably not as realistic as we'd hope it to be because the number of uh, officers and officers that we need is huge. Yeah, especially for London. Like it's imagine, shortage, yeah, like London, London is the prime, like it's a primary place that we need that to happen. Mm. But imagine if you want that to happen throughout the UK, you know, I can't see anyone in Canterbury. There's no policeman in Canterbury or in the country because it's not a priority. Yeah. And imagine those people here are probably taking the piss the most because we know that we wouldn't be the first port of call for people to come and you know monitor what people are doing yeah but london's really taking the piss though it's really i feel the like the police state would be a good idea but i feel like in terms of like for people that are traveling around find them 600 pound do that slap them with that but don't check yeah, my, slap don't them with them. my, my literally what i say when you're at Hyde Park and if you see people just chilling, you know, flipping a sausage, <laughs> give them that fine there and then because at least that way they're like, oh, rah, like, you'd be serious. I've, seen, I've yes. seen enough videos of police in, like, Brighton and that and they're literally just telling them to fuck off and not giving them a fine. So I don't, I don't get it. Well, that, that goes back to the, so w- just to clarify, we're not in a um, police no, we're not, yeah. We won't mm. be. Um, but they have so I've, I've just got up the figure here um, this is from the 15th of April yeah. uh, so it's 10 days old but they issued um, 3,493 cases between the 27th of March to the 13th yeah. of April and that's countrywide but the issue is, is these need to be handed out because cumulatively today we've reached 19,506 deaths in this country, which is a huge number and probably going to be higher than Italy and Spain. What, here? When, yeah, we've just reached 19,500 deaths. How much is deaths. Um, 19? Shit. It's a very low percentage yeah, of the population, but this should not be happening. 
And I don't know whether we would have locked down a week before we did, whether that would have changed how how many deaths there were. In my opinion, I don't think it would because as we saw, people yeah. flouted, people are flouting and continually doing that, the rules. So there's going to be the spread in the community. But the good thing is, is that the spread is now below one yeah. per person. It's somewhere between 0.62 to one which is good, and it's just how we slowly open the community back up and the country back on her feet without creating yeah. another peak. Because um, that will be completely dangerous. No, I think a police state should be should be rolled in. I don't know if... They, will they do it, though? That's the question, because... No. 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 Is that... No. It's it's against our constitution and well not that we have a constitution, <laughs> but it's against our country's um morals going back to the police being set up, the current style of policing being policing by consent. It yeah. goes against that. But the point that could take away people's feelings of that is so that We've seen it in Germany and we've seen it mentioned in America and it was mentioned yesterday. So the way to get out of this lockdown is going to be testing, tracking, contract tracing. And they're developing an app which you download, you log your details daily, say whether you've got any symptoms or anything and it tracks where you're going and it will send you a message if you are in the area or the vicinity of someone who has said they've had symptoms and how do you feel on that because technically that would take away some of your civil liberties as a as a member of society i would download the app personally but i don't know sam would you reckon no because if I download the app and it tells me that I'm near someone who had it, then then what? What am I going to do then? If I'm out and about doing what, what I want to be doing, I'm not going to leave what I'm doing because someone's about. No, no, that's not the idea. The idea is is if you um, if you are in very close vicinity, if you've had contact yeah. with mm. someone, so it will know how far, how close you are just via what, GTS. This, this government is just trying um, to take my identity, man, and find all other ways to be in my business. <laughs> and that's the issue. That's 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 the issue. But this is one of the ways that we can get out mm. of this. This doesn't seem like it's going to be a SARS virus, which went away all of a sudden yeah. and just vanished within a month. This hasn't vanished. And is continuing. I mean, America, what are they on like 50,000 deaths, 60,000 deaths in the space of a month? month yeah. this? Which is utterly astonishing. And the fact that their president wants you to use <laughs> Dettol in that guy's a joke to cure yourself. Trump, Trump, Trump is actually a Which, joke. I rate him still. He's a joke, man, but and he wants to get things um, moving quickly as well. Like he actually, I think some state, I was reading on the news yesterday, like some states want to start reopening, like Georgia some and 
It's crazy. Like, what, like, just because... I don't know, man. I don't well, know. Well, Americans are tapped, though. I, I saw them protesting, talking about, let us get our haircuts. I was like, what? <laughs> what They're so funny. Like, I just don't understand. A man said, like, apparently... the, nurses, the nurses can get to go to their jobs, so why can't we? And I was just like, yeah, America's done out here, bro. Uh, yeah, <laughs> literally. When you've got states like New York that are trying to do all they yeah, can, true. and then comparing to the um, Las Vegas um, mayor that was saying, well, I offered for my region to be a sample mm. state and to see how many people will get it if joke, we huh? reopen. Which, which is... How did this person Bro, even get elected? I mean, we could say the neck. same thing. The he's so funny. And isn't it like he's supposed to be up for his second term? Trump. Soon. Oh, yeah, November. November. Mm. That's why he wants to get the economy. Oh, yeah, that's why he wants to get back to as business. As soon yeah. as he can. Because... Unemployment rate is scary at the moment in America. It's actually mad. I think it's 27 million people in- unemployed Jeez. over the last... Over the last three weeks, uh, no, look, yeah, four weeks. Look four at your weeks. president, USA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, vote blue at least. <laughs> Just so, get... so, could you give us some insight, Cameron, on like Trump? Because I think a lot of people are unaware of the US, US's kind of like political side of things. So, I, I always like to say that, and this is going to be a very sad comment, and um, American politics is kind of my scapegoat. So, when I when I am sick of reading about UK mm. politics, I read about American mm-hmm. politics, and it's something different and something mm-hmm. refreshing. Um, so, the way that you've got to think about American politics is each state is like its country, own country. Yeah. So the governor of, let's say, New York, Andrew Cuomo, is essentially our prime minister, but for New York. They run with about the same budgets, mm-hmm. which is scary. Wait, wait, wait. Um, the, the, and... They have the same budget as the prime minister of the whole of the, of, of the UK? For it's just close. New York? It's close. So Remember how big the states probably, are? Probably, like, the New York... The New York budget is probably the same as the NHS is budget mm-hmm. plus a few other um like maybe fifty, sixty billion like investment into other regions of the country. So it's not as much, but it's probably got a higher budget than a small country like I don't know, some states somewhere in like yeah, Eastern yeah. Europe. Which is which is scary, and then the president is this federal like overstretcher that really has no direct power for the states, but can do things for every mm. state. So when he's saying he's so adamant to get the economy reopened and reopen the states and he wants to take credit for that so he will be re-elected he actually can't do that in the constitution it's the governors that can reopen the states not the president so it, 
Oh. And this is things that I've learned. And this is things that I've learned. He thinks he's got this authoritarian oh. power, which he actually doesn't via the yeah. Constitution. So he has... He has power, but not to the extent that he actually does, really. Not to the extent that so we the think Fed, he does. The f- yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the, the Fed government are meant to be there to provide assistance to the local governments. The Fed can run up bills as high as they want in debt, but the, the governors have to run their budgets very yeah. precisely. Because the Fed has all of the financial power to decide what each um, governor gets to run his state. And that's why you see this, the governors need to respect the president. So that so that they get the and, funding that they need. Fair yes. Oh, America is the yes. wild, wild west. They're actually, they're actually <laughs> crazy. <obviously>. Honestly. Honestly. <laughs> that's, that's honestly. It's, it's literally an episode of Scandal. <laughs> it's such a confusing country and I don't know why anyone would want to get into American Hell politics. No. Hell no. Because I I mean I was I was watching the Senate the Senate um yesterday and it sounds like my life is so like boring but this is all all <laughs> this is literally all I can do currently. Um and they their speaker was giving disproportional amounts of time to speak to different parties. And if you had a close relationship to the speaker, you would get two minutes. And there was one representative from, I think, um, Brooklyn, and she got 30 seconds to speak. So it's compared to the likes of Parliament, where we get seven minutes to speak each. and it's proportionally allocated to each member of parliament well whoever yeah. wants to speak um it's it's so confusing and i have no interest in it like i can't because obviously i'm not a citizen of america but there would even if i was a citizen there would be no way that i would want to um even get into it. Sorry, really interesting point from the government that just came out. Um, Drones will be trialled next week to deliver medical supplies to needed people. In England? Yeah. That's all right. That that was just announced. I'm tuning in the briefing that's going on currently. Well, talking um, talking about all the different parties, though, like bringing it back to Bring it back to um, the UK. Can you tell us um, more on? Because obviously, there's the Conservative Party, there's the Labour Party, there's um, I'm trying to think about the BNP, Lib Dem, Lib Dem um, Green Green Party. What's my man? The Brexit. There's a Brexit party in there called Brexit. Uh, yeah, Nigel, Nigel Farage. Farage. Yeah. So, can you? Because I don't like I said before, I actually don't. I don't vote in it, so I don't even know. You're a joint man for that as well. Why? But moving on. Why am I shut up, bro? Fam, yeah. this is your... Don't tell to shut up, because I will slap you through this phone. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm saying you're a joint man, because obviously it's nice to have your, like, your, 
your say. It's nice to have the option of, you know, putting through what you would like to happen to the country. Like, I get that you don't know enough to be able to vote. I just don't think... I just don't think... I just think regardless of of how I vote, the thing is going to go how they want it to go anyways. That's what I personally think. I get that. I do get that. But at the same time, you know, there's a belief system that, you know, things can change and there's hope that, you know, things can change for... The overall, I'm just here for the ride, you know. You lot can stay the bus. Quiet. Because I, Sorry, I genuinely on. just, I genuinely don't. Please think continue I'll before this matter. guy starts waffling. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's a very it's it's a very true point, and it's a point that a lot of people think. Um, a lot of people feel like their vote does nothing, and because we've got the first pass uh, post system. It's very much um, set up to areas and it's similar to like redlining that they have in the States where you append together with the same type of voters and some warrant greater, greater number of seats in another area. So it, it, the, the, like the vote in the electoral system is confusing and that can disenfranchise people. And the... The, the reason why it makes me really sad when I hear people not wanting to vote or take an active part in the everyday running of the country is just people have fought for the right to uh, throughout the last... People have fought for the right to vote. Facts. And, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I would have been able to, historically, but women have fought for the right to vote and whenever I hear someone say that they don't want to vote people physically gave up their whole life to give people a chance to actually have a say and and at least believe that what they said counted to an extent yeah that's fine yeah yeah I know T Uh, but then everyone's yeah that's what I mean so that's that's fine I understand what you're saying but um yeah there's no convincing him. Don't There's worry. There's nothing to Cameron. convince him. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Shut up. <laughs> I don't Anyways, as I was saying, can you tell us about each of the different, like, okay, the main parties, like what they stand for? Because whenever I, whenever I hear, obviously, anytime I do, anytime the votes are going on, the people, my, the people that I'm around are always voting Labour. Yeah. And um, obviously, yeah. For me, as I don't vote, but if I was to vote, I would naturally just go to Labour because that's what the people I'm around are voting for. And so, can you explain what each like each party stands for? Because apparently, Labour's for the people, yeah. Conservatives aren't. So why is that? Okay, so yeah, that yep. Um, so I think we'll go first off straight down the so. There's the left and the right in politics, um, left being more um, liberal, very social, um, socially drived parties are on the left. And to the right, you're more of a um, sceptical about the establishment. You are very libertarian with your views. Well, you can be libertarian and that's where it gets confusing. Um and straight down the middle, you seem to be, you have social views at heart and you have 
um, economic views at heart, and that falls with the Lib Dems, um, who historically get trashed <laughs> upon in um, elections, like when they were the um, just the Liberal Party, they got trashed upon because the centre ground. I mean, I'm sure you've heard the phrase um, of being sat yeah. in a fence. That's genuinely how I feel the party are and I've got connections within the party um, my MP is the Lib Dem very strong Lib Dem seat um, in Kingston so I met with them, I've been to a few a- events yeah. for them um, and they they're just very much they, they care about the economy and making the right decisions but they want to see more social values added into yeah. everything. Um, and that's why people like them, but from going to events and meeting voters and canvassing with some um, voters for a bill for one of the estates in Kingston, mm-hmm. um, they're an odd group of people. They are middle-class, um, white, yeah. odd people. Mm. That that that's that's the outward perspective. You speak yeah, to yeah. them; they're lovely. They're lovely people, but the vibes they give are so odd, and that's why they really struggle gaining votes. Votes in their overall perspective. Then we shift to the right. Now, currently, the Conservative Party are all over the place because when we look at voting history. The leadership's, um, well, Boris Johnson's own history. Um, he is very much a libertarian, very socially um, aware yeah. conservative. Um, I think, I mean, he was an okay mayor of London. He was very big on the social values of London during his tenure as mayor. Um, which has seemed to be dragged into his premiership in number 10, kind of, um, i.e. wanting 50,000 more nurses, 20,000 yeah. more police, investing in the right areas compared to conservatism of the 2010s, which was very tight physical policies, not really spending that much on public services. Um, it just feels like they're more of a, centre right mm-hmm. now so like just just tipping their toes into the right wing of course you've got character character chores god I can't say that word um, like Jacob Rees-Mogg and Ian Duncan Smith who are very strong mm-hmm. Tories like low taxes low spending etc rich day rich um, basically but the part <laughs> yes um that they're, they're, they're very much a, a moving party. And I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable to have voted for them during the 2010s. Other than, yeah. yeah, other than the idea of the fact that, well, the early 2010s, other than the fact that they were the party that introduced a motion for um, equal marriage which completely split the, yeah. split the party. Um, yes, there was 
I think 52% of the party voted against the equal marriage um, vote, and it was heavily driven by the opposition who yeah. voted for it. Um, but that's Tory ideals, and it's hard to change a party, and David Cameron took a yeah. risk in doing that, and that moved the party closer to the left than they had been ever because i think dating back to margaret thatcher she introduced section 23 which was the where in sex education you can only talk about um heterosexual relations Mm. um but that's a whole different issue um but the party's evolving and then much like going over to the left as well now coming to labor um We've seen two completely different Mm. leaderships in the last six years. So, of course, the new leader has only been in power for a month, so you can't really Mm. judge him yet. But Corbyn was an amazing campaigner. (laughs) Big Jerry. He grew a movement. He grew a... he grew a completely massive movement of like 600,000 members, which is unheard of in politics. It's the biggest movement within Europe, I'm pretty sure. Um, And he went through a lot as leader. A lot happened. He obviously, all of his connections to different strands of society, which aren't deemed socially acceptable, came out. from his own party um, that was revealed because there was deep resentment towards you know. socialism within the Labour Party um, and he did a lot for the party he brought them I think he was 2,000 votes away from having the highest um, number of seats in 2017 yeah. which is astronomical considering the Tories won with a mandate for austerity in 2010, um, which is not likable mm. to the country. Um, and then, obviously, all of the things with anti-Semitism happened, yeah, which was very crazy. much down. Was that him or his, was that just someone in his body? Which downed... So this is where it gets confusing with the Labour Party. Um, he has connections with anti-Semitites, Jeremy Corbyn as a person. But um, obviously he led an inquiry into Labour's actions and after his resignation Mm. earlier on in the month um, and we had that four-month-long leadership battle um, which, I mean, I was personally wanting Lisa Nandy to win um, but that's because she's my own MP. so this inquiry has um, very much brought out the fact that it was the inside of the Labour Party and not actually yeah. Corbyn that was the issue. Um, and it really, really was disgusting. There's, so there was like a 600-page um, dossier um from the Labour NEC, which is their headquarters, um, showing deep resentment 
towards Jewish members of the community, um, outlining very disgusting remarks to Diane Abbott. Um, Is she a Jew? And the... Is she a Jew? What? Um, she's a okay MP. She's no, MP for Hackney. Is she Jewish? Um, she... Okay. No, 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 no. No, I thought you said is she no. a Jew. <laughs> is she Jewish? God, I cannot hear. Um, no, she's she's not. It's just that the whole issue within um, the Labour Party was resentment to everyone that wasn't Blairism and um, Jewish. Um, the Jewish side of the Labour Party didn't come into um, Blairism. Um, socialism didn't come yeah. into Blairism. And then certain MPs didn't come into that either. And there was deep resentment to the fact that a socialist fell into the leadership. But Labour have always historically been the party yeah. for the people and the mass of the country. But during Corbyn's tenure, they kind of moved away to the young social kind of buzzwords. So like free yeah, broadband... Yeah, yeah. Um, things like that that are eye-catching but when you add them all together the older members of the population just go that's yeah. not affordable That that's not going to help me in any slight way so like people in Blythe Valley who have had a Labour MP for the past 150 years voted yeah. Conservative and there's a Conservative MP there so that's a whole different issue. And then, of course, we've got other parties and other pressure groups. So there's the likes of Brexit Party, UKIP, which are both the same party, mm. essentially. Um, you've got the BNP, who should not be a party. They should not have any funding because they are so much alt-right that is disgusting and not politically acceptable in any yeah. way slightest um, and there's Momentum who in my opinion should be their own party but they're a pressure group within Labour where much of that 500,000 members yeah. come from so who um, so shit, I don't know what happened on. there so who who's um, who who is actually the, the man behind Behind the government, and that you were that you were telling me about last time. Yeah, because so, um, I'm trying to think. Because obviously, you... for me, I'm someone that, like I said, I don't vote because I don't think it's not even like I don't think my vote matters because I don't like I I genuinely feel like, however it's going to play out, it's already they know how it's going to play out already. It's just giving us the idea of we have everything's we have a, a conspiracy to see. That's just how I feel. That's just how. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm when I was me, referring bro. to the man behind the government, <laughs> so <laughs> every party has a um, what's known as a um, lead aide. Um, so this is someone who is not a politician, um, is just an industry leader, a big businessman, um, someone like that. So currently... Um, Dominic Cummings is the chief aide to the government. I don't know whether you've no. heard of him or not. 
he's a pretty he's a pretty controversial um character in the world of politics. He's very obscure. He's a country man. So he's the guy that's he's the guy really... that's funding the government, did you say? No, no. So he advises the government on policies. Yeah. And of course MPs have their own policies that they make, but this advisorship spans over the yeah. whole of the government. And it's also called the spin doctor and a few terms. So it really spins how the media perceive yeah. the government. Um, it's just a really interesting topic because he's very controversial and he was the um, leader of, well, he he wrote, basically, he wrote the guidelines on um, vote leave campaign. So he was the person behind that as well. And he is now the chief mm-hmm. aide of government. Although we've not actually seen him for a month because he... The last time we mm. saw him, he ran out of number 10 into a car. And that was around the time that Boris Johnson contracted coronavirus. Boris must have coughed in his face. Um, flipping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true, though. Why is he running out of, out of fucking 10 down the street? But. Um, and he, he literally did run out of number 10 straight into a minister's car. So, So this guy. What is he, what, like, I don't understand. Is he, like, some kind, what, what did he study? What, 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 what's his, what is he, who is he? So, essentially, he is a strategy expert. Okay, because, because I, he, did you, did you watch a documentary that was on Netflix like the a pandemic. few months ago? Um, no, nah, no, nah, it was on, no, nah, it was on um, this, this company that, essentially sent out um a bunch of well wait this guy's a strategist did you say yeah so this documentary was saying that the british government and the u.s government used them used this company in order to make sure that that the voters were like voting to leave the eu and also voting to get trump in so they, you know, you know, when we were getting all these, so, all, all these, all these um weird questionnaires on like Facebook and stuff about like who you voting for, this, that, and the other. It was a company. Yeah. I think it was called like Analyst Cambridge Analytica. That's the one. Um, do you know about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, I mean, I was li- I was literally listening to a podcast about that yeah. time this morning. Um, so they are. They're a data company and the government, our current government, highly criticised the actions of um, Cambridge Analytica linking data um, to the US government. Is the guy guy that you're saying is behind the government for us, if he's the strategist and they used Cambridge Analytica, then does that mean that he's the guy that, he's basically the guy that got Cambridge Analytica to help vote for leave to leave EU, no? I'm not sure on that. Um I probably won't want to yeah. comment on that. Um but I, I, I'm 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 not gonna put any implications on anyone. But he ran the vote leave campaign. Of course Boris Johnson was the cover guy for um 
Cambridge and uh, for the yeah. vote leave campaign. But Cambridge Analytica have definitely been a very controversial um, company, and they've had to change their name. They have fired their no, director. Documentary. Um, and and the pro- the problem is with so data has been used since the greeks it's, to understand how greeks. people are voting um yeah so all the way back i don't know when the greeks were but like the yeah. ancient greek um it's been used since then and it's very much because Governments go out, they canvas, they see which way people are going to vote and then they compile it into a data sheet and they pick the right areas to go and canvas. And that's pretty much what Cambridge Analytica did just via Facebook and Twitter. Um, And then they sold that data to maybe the American government, maybe the British government, more likely the Russian government. Of course you do. But, I love the because... Rus- Russian government. I'm not even not. Bruv, Putin's a fucking gangster. I don't give a fuck. Okay. An interesting guy he is, Putin. Um, but obviously there was a whole trial into the Russian interference into the election, um, the American election. Um, and it very controversial, but I'm. I don't know to say if um, Dominic Cummings had any position within that. Um, but he is essentially the. He could be writing policies for Boris Johnson. Yeah. He could be directing where Boris's policies go, and he is very much a libertarian um he's a country boy he comes from so he's a farming he's family. basically like david ike but more accepted by the people do you know his conspiracy he does have conspiracies dominic cummings on his blogs he does actually pretty much sound like ike a few times um if you read through them they're long ramblings he doesn't like the establishment yeah. Um, he doesn't like the so establishment, but he's the that, advisor. That... Yeah, what he he wants he no, he's actually got a very good point on. He wants to reform Whitehall, so in two three years there will be no need for yeah. an advisor. They'll just turn. They'll just be able to work themselves without having someone breathing yeah. down the neck all the time. Um, so pre- it's kind of interesting, but he's an Ooh. interesting fellow. Um, he Ooh. Dominic Cummings during the Vote Leave campaign or before Vote Leave campaign, he locked himself in a bunker for three months, reading about EU law and all the negatives to the EU, and all the positives to the EU, and all that which way um he like physically took himself away and, from and society how he came to the conclusion to... of leaving the eu yeah so and that's why he was drafted he's into, himself up for three months um, yeah just, just a joke. yeah because he was trying to understand 
understand where the issues are with it and it was i think three months he was away from society doing that and he tends to do that a lot he did that for this general election he locked himself away sounds kind of Um, so he's an interest he he is he's a weird guy and i wouldn't speaking of weird guys though we'll smoothly transition into like our last topic which is david ike right sam does not nope. know who David Icke is, do you, Sam? David Icke, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what I think of David Icke and who he is, and then Cameron can can do his his side, and then we'll talk about him. David Icke is someone who is like me, a conspiracy theorist, but his conspiracy theories make sense most of the times. Cameron doesn't agree. So, oh, conflict of interest. Um, this is going to be a joke. Go on, Cam. What do you think of David? Well, you Icke? haven't told me what his theories are. So, um, oh, sorry. So he's like he's 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 got theories on everything from like government and um, politics to flipping um like police that the police state okay, and stuff like that. Idea. He's written books. Less. Um, let's take one topic like say for example we're discussing politics and government right now so let's mm. okay cool I think a good so one will be so 5G. let's take 5G and the we'll 5G hear related to the pro from T and then the con from Cameron and then you see what you're no as in like why you like David and why Cameron doesn't and then oh, sit, okay. go from the argument from there Cameron you go first Um, okay, so, I mean, he's he's a very interesting guy. Again, I'm going to say the exact same thing to Dominic Cummins. He, um, to me, from seeing him, reading about him, he was shunned by the NSN. He was a member of the Jeez, NSN, which is our um, multimedia networks. Um, <laughs> he was hmm. he was originally a BBC reporter, a um, and then got shunned. Yeah, was he was he? a footballer. Then he became a Okay, thank you, T. Okay. Okay, there we go. Um, Just hit um, And then he was shunned by whoever was the leader of the BBC at that time or whichever company yeah. he worked for, which sent him off into his own tangent and um, change of trying to understand different sides of views um that the normal media doesn't take and show the general public uh, the general public which is an okay thing to do we have free will we have free speech to be able to do them things um what i find dangerous um and it some people take it as it's he's just speaking he's just saying what is right um Specifically to the 5G situation, um, it very much sounded to me when when it blew up, when LBC and London, what's that London company, T? London, London Real, um, all spoke about the same thing at the same time, um, was the idea of 5G... Um, contributing negatively to the spread of 
COVID-19. Um, now, I, I'm not a fully expert on what he said, but to me, it's, yes, he could have done all the research in the world, but at the end of the day, he's not mm. a scientist. He's a conspiracy theorist. And as it was, that YouTube um, stream was the most viewed thing that day. Um, and it technically spreads. It's called misinformation. Um, that Yes, it might be true. We don't know. There's not been enough tests. Um, we know what levels of radiation um, 5G radiates are, and it's not as high as it would be to negatively impact the immune system. Of course, as we get through the 5G, 6G, 7G, wherever we go on from where we're at now, the radiation levels are going to get higher and higher. But at this current moment, it's not at the point where it would negatively affect your immune system. And I would need to see a lot more scientific evidence and proof on whether it does affect the immune system, because this all happened when 4G happened. This all happened again when 3G happened. Um, so this has happened with every upgrade of the internet and mobile data. Um, and it's just the tests get took out and nothing mm. really happens. So that's really my take on, because it's very much <laughs> misinformation. It's like it should be published in the sun to me or something yeah. like that. Um, but then he's free to have his opinion and he's free to be able to sell these books and do these streams and it shouldn't be being repressed by uh, suppressed by YouTube and Facebook because he does have that free will. I just think it borderlines on dangerous thinking for the general population that might spread false hope or get people like they did in Liverpool ripping down 5G um, areas, which they have paid for mm. via their tax. They've paid for that to be built, and then they're setting it on fire and pulling it down. Plus, there was, I don't know whether you saw on Twitter, that woman that um, was somewhere in London um, went up to a guy laying cables down and said that thing about once this turns on, they're going to kill you. That's why they're building he all these that. hospitals. That went I was going to say, no, the woman said that. Who that so there was, there was she was basically trying to be a um a mm. vigilante, a vi a, um, and be like, Why are you working? We're in a lockdown, etc. etc. Do you know what 5G does? It's going to kill us all. Do you have a because as soon as it gets turned on, bye bye, yeah. mummy. That's the <laughs> rhetoric that she used, and that's that's the negative implications to this mm -hmm. because that is for one harassment to showing mis misinformation plus that video's been viewed millions mm. of times now and the, i ju i just it, it lies uncomfortable with me because i am pro establishment i'm pro government i'm because i think that's the best way for a country to operate and but then we have the free will, the free will to say what we like in society and do these yeah, things. Yeah, I agree with you. But um, yeah, that that's my point. I agree it. with you in terms of like, um, 
the effects that anything, anything that anything that anyone says, whether it's David Ag, whether it's you, me, or Sam, anything that we say to someone that actually is not mm. going to go out the way to actually research it can be can be pretty bad for that person. Um, they'll probably go do something stupid if it's like stupid advice. Um, so I feel like even with the whole 5G thing and David Icke, personally, I don't think that 5G is the cause of coronavirus. But I feel like there is, there is, like you're saying how you haven't seen any um, scientific evidence, but I've I've literally read a few articles on it, which I'll send you after, where they were where they were talking about the 5G and how it. Um, it isn't good for for your for your body if you're in near pro- proximity to it, just like how it isn't good for um. What do you call like that's just like how it isn't good for like when when you see five G posts in the environment and the how when you see before and after pictures of let's say, um the not the wildlife what are plants and that the the plants around the five G before <laughs> it was. I think I know. I I do know what you. T- um, I um, Which? I saw. Are, are you are you trying to say like how it negatively impacts yeah. the look of yeah, yeah, yeah. an area? Because that would be an eyesore. Um, probably which, I think. whichever <laughs> maybe I think no maybe no. trust me what? an eyesore that's I've not used that word since GCSEs. Yeah. So I, are you serious? I've never heard of that word till today, but. I probably have. I just forgot it as soon as I heard it. So you should have learned it in geography. I did both, actually. What were you doing in geography? It goes back to geography. I got a B B in geography, actually. (laughs) Okay. But, yeah, the 5G G, um, negatively impacts the ISOL. You said ISOL. I said that. I said that. I saw. Sure, so, sure. No, sure, it's my accent. Sure. I'm African. <laughs> okay, <laughs> African tongue. Um, yeah, it makes it. It just disrupts the the, um, the environment. Um, the balance, I guess, of nature in in close oh, yeah, proximity, not obviously, not like everywhere. So, so um, yeah, there's more though. Like David Ike, I feel like the five G thing is not really. Um, it's not the best example. It's not for, the best for David because it's, it's, it's. But however, I did see a view, um, something about the, the um. I was gonna send it to Sam, but she deleted it. Relax, please. The um, the um, <laughs> there was a video on where all the five G posts were, where the first five G posts started, and all of that shit. Um, I don't know if I sent you it, Cam, but um. When you listen, to, when you see that, and then what David Ike was saying, it does kind of correlate. But I just feel like, um, like you said, misinformation is bad regardless. So at least we can agree on that. But um, David Ike and his, he spoke about the police state years ago, didn't he? Um, yeah. And yeah. The, mate, he spoke about he's, he's he spoke about quite a few things before they actually happened. Um, like in detail as well. I will give him that he 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 does seem to be a he does seem to say some good things in relation to the fact that um he can 
predict something. So the idea mm. of a police state, um, but he he expects for governments to take it too far. So he expects for us all to lose our civil liberties. Um, and that, that what he's saying about China and how this is being used to maybe grow China's power, I think there's a very big possibility yeah. that that is true. That is true. So there's certain things that you can unpick. And yeah, take but like it's the it. same. With, it's um, the same with anyone. Yeah, though. You I mean, can't like every, when I listen to David Ike. Out of like ten things he says, there's probably like three things that I'll be like, okay, that makes sense. But those 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 three things yeah. are still pretty big things to that that you should take into consideration. Not just think, oh, it's a conspiracy theorist trying shit. No, hundred percent, hundred percent, and that's that's right. I mean, I whenever his anti-establishment things and he talks about that, mm. I I mean, I struggle with that. I've got political aspirations, yeah. so it obviously goes against my mandate and my future career. So I do struggle listening to that. Um, but then, as you say, there's points that very are very much interesting and very much have come to light. And I mean, his facts and theories about aliens and things like that they're interesting they're interesting because there's clearly cover-ups and things like that that happen in relation to aliens yeah 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 definitely yeah i need to fuck's sake i'm actually getting pissed off now because i've been saying it's been like six months i've been saying i want to do this episode (laughs) fuck sake i might just do it on my on my ones bruv jarring but yeah no nah, i think um sam i don't know if you had no, any more questions i think we've covered Pam quite a lot today and to i think it's given us more of an insight into um things that we probably didn't know and now we do know so i wouldn't say that i'm yeah. i wouldn't say i'm politically able to discuss conversation well, like that has. but you know i know a bit better yeah. than i did before so thank you very much cameron it's a start exactly yeah. It's a start. It's a start. And that's that's all I need. I mean, some things sound so confusing and tend to go mm. over the what head. So like, would you actually think yeah, why not? pieces me, of it? Let me get to know politics. Um, let me see what it's all about. Do you know, I think mm. because I had such a strong love for um the real estate market. And seeing the 2016 referendum, I had very strong fears that yeah. it would completely wreck the economy, um, and that would directly affect the um, mm-hmm. career that I wanted to go into. And then just learning more about it made me just want to get into politics and everything around that, and like knowing where I would want mm. to represent are all things you've got to keep in mind for where you want yeah. to have a career. So, like, I would love to represent Putney or Wimbledon. Yeah. So I'd have to place myself in either one of them two to work a job, be recognised within the community, do Mm. things for the community, all before you ever make political aspirations in, like, a 10-year period. So it's a very... It is. It really is. It's a long game politics and it's very Mm -hmm. you have to want to do it to be able to do it otherwise you can't just go in there like willy-nitty and become like a Ferrari. because i was gonna say how what is actually the process of becoming like an go to eaton (laughs) 
I did they go to Eton? Did, huh? Long. Well, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can't. PTA so yeah. So you you then. can't actually be an MP without actually studying. Um, okay. No, because no, it just feels no, like people that now in garage they haven't had any education. So it just, I don't know. Some people just. It's um, it's so um, a lot of MPs have studied PPE, which is politics, philosophy, and the and yeah. e- economics. Um, yeah. But really, the important yeah. thing is getting yourself known to your local constituency party, doing things for let's say yeah. Putney. If you've got the money to invest in yeah. certain things, doing community yeah. groups, things like that, getting a wider recognition thought, for your name. That's what I thought the whole process the pro- was. I thought it was like literally go out today, get known by the people, do good stuff in your community, community, and over a f- over some years, if you really want to be become the what are they called for the for each borough? If you really want to become like MPs. the MP of your borough then it's literally like if the people want I mean you're not far off but that is the process really but yeah 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 that that's it but it's you've got to be chosen by the party leader and you've got to get recognition within the party so let's just say you could run in Mm. one area um you might not win but you might and this was something David Cameron did you might become a key Mm. strong person for him and you yeah. get part in the a-list and then you're going to get placed in a stronghold seat and you're going to get into parliament without having to do that much work so it's there's a lot of different motions and ways yeah. to it's get a long it game. done and, yeah. and it's confusing it's a long game it can be 10 years as it is nigel farage attempt, has attempted <laughs> to get into parliament eight times and hasn't yeah it's a popularity contest so, really as well it's all just being likable and charismatic and that's something you can yeah it's something you can take from american politics is they've they've all got a personality yeah. whether it's bernie sanders all the way to donald trump they all have a personality over here i mean i i call Keir Starmer, he's got a personality of a wet brick but that's because he's a lawyer. Yeah. And lawyers don't have personalities mm. compared to Boris Johnson, who's been a career-long politician. David Cameron is a pretty weirdo. He's a, he's a pretty and weird actually, youth, Bill. I met him one time. And he just... He, he, he just seems he very weird, man. He was what, he's the youngest um, prime minister we've had. David, David Cameron? He was like 39. Yeah, he was like 39 when he really um, that's crazy won the election, which is young, young for leader of the party. I mean, the previous one um, leader was William Hague, and he was 35 when he took up leadership yeah. and then didn't win an election. And then it fell to David Cameron, and then he won. And he was below 40. I mean, similarly to um, Rishi Sunak, the chancellor, he has had two minister positions before yeah. he was chancellor, which is like the second highest position in government. And he's... Is this, the, is this the Indian guy? And he's... Oh, fair play. Yes, no, I, yes. I, I, I like that, though, because 
normally people think it's just it's just the white man thing, but second second. It always has been, but it's obviously like we've become like more that. of a diverse population and Yeah, true. Yeah, li- the last the mm. last two chancellors have been um of Asian descent. So there was um Sajid Javid and yeah. now Rishi Sunak, um who are both and they, they were both on the um the world's most strongest Asian politicians. Mm. So like the key players, do you know like yeah. the Forbes lists? And they were both on there and they were both young and they were both projected into political stardom, uh, which does amazing things for the communities. It's like having now bringing back David Lamy into the um, shadow cabinet. That's going to do mass things for um, Labour and bringing a different um, strand Mm. of society back into the party that was lost under Corbynism so there's there's it's it's very much a confusing game and that's probably just added a whole different level of confusion to it that whole little tangent about it no no people understand i feel like i feel like this is a pretty decent episode i've learned i've definitely learned um, a few things i'll probably listen back when it's out Um, and be like okay i I get it more now because you know, at least you're actually listening yeah, to yeah, want to yeah. hear rather than listening because it's just there. Exactly. No, literally, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like taking out them key facts that you can remember and then be able to expand that knowledge and just grow within it. You don't have to become watching the 5pm yeah. bloody um, press briefings yeah. every day or listening to podcasts or mm-hmm. reading the news about it. It's just having a basic understanding so that in four years' time, when the next election is, you can go, okay, mm-hmm. I want to vote Conservative, Labour, Independent, or Lib Dem. And being able to... <laughs> and being... Well, it, it depending on your views, depending on your your choice. Um, so, yeah. That, Cam, what would happen, yeah? It. What would happen if the elections happened yeah. and no one voted? Would um, I mean, we've had turnouts of like forty nine percent, and what do you mean? Which which is like for the whole for the whole, for the whole um, so for the whole election, only forty nine people voted. Forty nine percent, sorry. Yeah, no, only forty nine percent of the population of voted the... for an election. I'm pretty. I'm pretty that's sure that. that's the lowest figure we've we've ever seen. So it's pretty much hypothetical. I mean, there's always going to be people that will turn out, yeah. even if it's ministers that will end up uh, MPs that will end up voting. So that's pretty much hypothetical. That I don't know what would happen in that I'd position. That. I guess it would just it would just be a continuation of yeah. the previous government. I'd like to know what the figures would be if every single yeah, person voted to can vote. Yeah. Oh, because there are there is disenfranchised groups. So, um, I mean, luckily, um, people who have been in prison have the right to vote over here. What? What? I think yes, yes, I think. 
I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure we have a different stance to America where if you're yeah. a felon, you can't vote. Over here, I'm pretty sure you can't vote. Yeah. Um, or there's, there's three million... Um, there's three million um, EU um, EU citizens that don't have the right to vote in government elections, but can vote in local government elections. Um, so there's a lot of disenfranchised people yeah. within this country, um, which is terrible, terrible. Um, and that's why whenever it's an election time, my biggest thing is I don't care what party you vote for. You just vote if you've got the right and yeah. if you want to vote. So who did you vote? Who did you vote for in the last election? Vote. I voted in terms of just getting on with the mandate of the people. So I did vote Conservative. Not that it did anything to my constituency because yeah. it's a lived down stronghold, but I mm. I just believed I didn't want to see another six months yeah. of negotiations for brexit because we'd done three years of that and that we wouldn't we weren't moving on anywhere and it was three years of stagnant no majority government and i mean that's crazy boris johnson got an 89 yeah. seat majority labor sam who did you so, vote? yeah canterbury is a labor yeah. Is a Labour town. Well, it went from Conservative to Labour. And I think that's purely yeah. because of the students. Yeah, I was going yeah. to say, I think it's mainly so because of the students. That's good yeah. I mean, Otherwise, it would be Conservative anyway. No, it's because yeah, it's students. Without them. Yeah. Yeah, because Kent, Lemons, Conservatives all day, bro. It's like. Um, yeah, Conservative, um, yeah. Kingston and Richmond, you'd expect to be conservative, but because they no, but because you oh, have yeah, that yeah, student yeah. population, values, it's not yeah. Labour, it's Lib Dem, but it's along the same values of of not exactly. voting for. Yeah, no. When it comes the to the next election, I'll probably I'll probably try. Vote, Give it a go to. Maybe. Might as well. Not yeah. like you have anything to lose. I voted hey, once. I was that sad. I made PowerPoints for people. When I was... What, what's the age um, that you can vote? Go on. Sorry. 16. Yeah, I think I voted when um, I was 16. I voted yeah. Labour. And then... And then I stood... And then the numbers came out, what the numbers were. And I was like, well... Conservative is obviously going to win regardless. Mm. I know so there's already like a pre... Um, a pre-notion that it's always going to be blues, really. And fair enough that that's usually the case of things. But sometimes, you know... If you just put in your vote and you know, hoping for the best sometimes is better than you know thinking that oh rah, I already know what's going to be so, whatever. I mean, I guess um, I was hoping this last election mm, that yeah. we had with um, Jeremy Corbyn, if Corbyn won, <laughs> I would have started voting again. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't. So forget it. Because I don't true. think there'll be anyone well, that brings a movement like that again. You know, like Corbyn. And if he and if he couldn't do it, then you know what I mean. It's a myth. I mean, yeah. I mean, I even even me on the what it was the nineteenth of December, and yeah, Dece- November. No, December when the election was. I'm that sad. I stay up all night to watch it. 
Um, I've had the cinema room where where Your I live. Jokes. So I watched. Yep, yep. I watched it. No, I know. I'm so sad, but I wrote a report on it during mm. that night, so it was chill. Um, I was shocked when I saw the exit poll where it projected such a high majority. I, I was like. I was chopped for words because I mm. thought the Labour movement so was high. so high from yes, Twitter. Yes, social media will have you believe. And yeah. seeing the into Twitter sphere, the I thought yeah, that would project more into the country, and it didn't. And it didn't. And that's when I see a lot of hate for mm. things on Twitter, I just know that that's a small majority. I mean, in polling still, 70% of the country agree with a lockdown yet you see a the lot Twitter of world is a different Twitter world towards I a lockdown have to say you have so, to take that you have to take it, that world of a pinch of salt love it <laughs> yeah we well, you know you like to do it favorite. all the time my favorite all the world time. but yeah i think we um are about to wrap up now i think it's been a positive conversation and i hope the listeners who have made it this far have taken in everything and hopefully it might give you more of an understanding to when you know another vote comes and if boris is really your guy we will find out yeah yeah i just yeah. wonder what's gonna happen at the end of this year boy with the we'll economy because <laughs> recession part two is literally about to happen but yeah let's pray exactly exactly Let's pray not. Let's pray for consumer Listen, confidence that people will spend money when we get out of this. The jungle, <laughs> this guy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> as soon as the uh, as soon as Heathrow opens, I'm going to Bali and just staying there for the rest of my life. Come like come like Tarzan or something. No policies, <laughs> nothing to reflect on. Oh, thanks again, everyone, <laughs> for tuning in. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on at Chat in the Most podcast on Instagram and at Chat in the Most on Twitter. And don't forget to use the hashtag Chat in the Most Pod to discuss further about the episodes. You know, word, conversation word, word. isn't always over at the end of the episode. You know, you can always ask us questions and let us know what you think, what you want to say. If you would like mm-hmm. to have an input in what's been said, then that's all cool and dandy with me. Yes, thank you very much. Cameron. Thank you to Cameron as well for coming on. It's been great. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Right, you can follow us on our personal um, socials. My Instagram is manliket with two e's. My Twitter is manlike underscore t um, with two I'm e's. I'm not on socials Sam. at the moment. I'm just taking a little bit of oh, a break shit, from humans shit. because y'all be just doing the same shit during lockdown and I'm getting tired. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. But um, when I'm up... It's shut up. Work. It's too work. It's too work. But when I'm up and running, um, Instagram is srasik with two E's at the end. And my Twitter is at srasik with one E and the numbers one and two. Yeah. And Cameron? Cam, what's your socials? <laughs> and if you want to see any politics twitter nonsense um it is um at kamiji240 so c-a-m-m-y-g-240 
and Instagram, which is a completely different, um, it's not politically related, um, it's just my normal uh, life, Cameron is Graham. Cameron Graham with three N's at lovely, the end. Lovely, lovely stuff. <gasps> Thanks again, everyone. Hope everyone's yes. enjoying, you know, the last couple of weeks of lockdown. We pray and hope that it is the last couple Thank of weeks. You. But stay safe, stay inside. You know the drill. <laughs> we pray. It is what it is. Good it night, is everyone. That's a good night. Like, oh, shout out to my dog. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what? Anyway, goodbye, people. Hold tight, people. <laughs>